Welcome back, Strange Crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. listening to volume 137 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sharice Letson. I'm Kate Milbury. And we got a treat for you this episode. Who's our guest this week? We have Max Bijou. I love his last name. He's fantastic. He's a, just a gem of a human being, fantastic musician, occupational therapist, just giver of all things kindness and been working with him for the past few months through Music New Brunswick and was just very adamant about getting him on the show um he's got a new ep coming out in the fall and a new single out right now called ever coming back and so good we're really really just pumped to have him on the show he's a real real good solid human being that you know we just really enjoyed catching up with and yeah it was a really good conversation that went some really interesting places so we hope you enjoy it as much as as we did and we are live max welcome to the show well thanks for having me kate and Therese. we're stoked it's a pleasure to be on the Strange Roofs podcast. How do you how do you feel? You've been listening uh, to the show. You're finally, you know, in the guest seat. Yeah, no, I discovered you your guys' podcast a few months ago, and I've been listening to quite a few episodes. Some really interesting musicians from around the East Coast, some that I've been looking up to for years even. Oh wow. And to share this space. Ah, oh, the classic can cracking. There you go. That's like signature now. Yeah. Got to do it or else it doesn't exist. I can tell. But yeah, no, it's a pleasure. And it's my first podcast appearance in terms of, you know, starting this whole music career thing. And uh, it's really a pleasure. So thank you. So I guess to start things off, for people who are are not familiar familiar with you and your work, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, the music you play, and sort of how you first started getting into playing music. All right. So my name is Max Bujot or Bujot. A lot of people have mixed it up over the years, and don't worry if you do. I won't take it personally. But I grew up in uh, Fall River, Nova Scotia. I was born and raised down there, and I spent all my years in Nova Scotia up until about three years ago when I moved to northern New Brunswick to kind of rejoin my family roots. My mom and dad are from up here, and my whole family. So I came back. There were some job opportunities. I'm living in... Uh, in Restigouche County, which is close to the border of Quebec and New Brunswick, way up north. And uh, life's been pretty good for me ever since I moved here. I I started a career as an occupational therapist, which is what I studied for. And then I started my music career as well, which I always dreamt about, but never really knew would actually happen. You know, and look I mean, at you now. Here you are on Strange Grooves. <laughs> You've made it. Singles, EPs, press releases. Look at you go. Well, you know, when when you believe in something and you want it bad enough, like I think that you you end up finding a way. And it wasn't easy. There was a lot of challenges I faced personally in finding myself and then finally finding myself as a musician as well. So I'm hoping to be able to tell a little bit of that story. But uh, obviously... There's a lot to tell, but that's why I'm writing songs. And, you know, I really try to to get the things that are most meaningful to me in life out, whether it be experiences or messages. And I'm really excited to share more. And so 
you know, you talk a little bit about, you know, your, your, your full-time job and your transition into music. Can you talk to, to the audience a little bit more about what that transition has been like for you and, you know, kind of what the future of that transition might look like? For sure. So I started, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old. I'll take you back a little bit. Let's and then go. We'll, Let's go we'll, way back. Started playing guitar because my grandfather, he played and I lived in Nova Scotia and they lived in Northern New Brunswick. I didn't get to see them very much. So when I was eight, I decided to pick up the guitar and learn to try to, you know, be like my grandfather, impress him or sort of in a way. And it just so happened that my grandfather caught, well, he didn't catch it, but he got cancer that year. And the first song that I ever learned how to play, I played for him on his dying bed in the hospital. And ever since that moment, I've just felt inspired that it was my it was my responsibility to take on that response or that legacy of musicians in the family, and maybe bring it to some place that he never could or my mom never could. Um, just because life was hard for my family growing up, like even before I came along, like farm farming family parents died young siblings raising each other basically sort of deal and coming from all that hardship I wanted to really focus on the positivity and the all the beauty that comes out of that and I think that I'm honored to have the talent that I do and to share it anyways getting back to my story I get off track a bit um 14 I joined a band then I went to university the band didn't end up going as well because I was focused on my studies um a few years in, I was doubting why I was even there. And that's when I really started to dig deep into songwriting as an outlet. was about third year uni, and uh, my friends were all around. I remember this one song just kind of like unleashed this new world of possibilities in my brain. And after university, well, I went to Acadia University to do an undergrad for four years. And at the end of that, I was feeling really unsure about where I was going with my life. You know, my plans going into university, well, I didn't end up going that route. I decided to, you know, go with my heart and make decisions in the moment, even though I wasn't sure where they were going to bring me. And at times that was really hard on me, like ups and downs with mental health. And finally, I graduated and I got into occupational therapy school at Dow in Halifax. And I went there and I felt like it was a good thing for me. I, I met good people. I met a, another musician from Thunder Bay, Brandon Stevens, who helped me start to record my songs. And I recorded my first single, which is called Highway Robbery. That was released back in 2019. But unfortunately, at the time, we were masters of occupational therapy students, and we didn't have much time to gig. And so we went our separate ways after university. I came up to northern New Brunswick because there was a job in OT up here. And then the pandemic was in full effect. So I started working at a hospital, and I didn't really like it all that much. And I found another job working in the community where I work now giving healthcare services to people at home that need it. And once the pandemic started to settle down, I hopped on, hopped on the gig train. Like I started playing in every local bar and eventually I, I gained some momentum and 
went down to Moncton and I met some guys down there and they ended up coming back up to see my next show in Camelton. And then we decided we were going to play a show together. And then we went down to Shippigan at Cielo when we played our first show together. And that was June last year. So it's been one year since I've formed a band. And I also met a lot of musicians that weren't mentioned that really helped me on the recording side. So there's like uh, Jean-Marc Couture, who's a big, uh, big French music sensation. He's been on uh, the show Star Academy, and he won the show, and he's been having a lot of success in his musical career in Quebec. And it just so happened that during the pandemic, he was around, I was around. We ended up at the same supper, and we hit it off. And the next day, I wrote a song, Ever Coming Back, which is the one that just got released. And the day after it was written, I went to Jean Mox and I started recording it. And that that started the whole EP project. And I'm I'm putting together a six song EP called The Gamble, which is one of the tracks off the the album that I wrote about the struggle, the gamble between playing it safe, going to university and doing that life versus leaving that all behind and pursuing music like I've always dreamt of. And that was all the ways the gamble. I decided to play it safe. And, you know, I had some ups and downs on that route, but I ended up where I am today. And finally I'm able to, to make music. So the gamble was worth it. Absolutely. No, I love how that came together. It's such a New Brunswick thing. Like we ended up, you know, at, you know, a supper or a dinner or a bar with like, you know, a musical legend. That's just how it goes around here. <laughs> yeah, it was special. Yeah. I hopped on, like, I remember we were, he was supposed to be on a date with one of my good friends oh. and we were all in the car together and we ended up talk, started talking about music, right? And it ended up me and him were more on the date than anything else. <laughs> it happens. That's how it goes. Yeah, then we, like, there was a piano in the bar, um, uh, cast and crew in Bathurst. We jumped on that piano and started playing a couple tunes. And next thing you know, it was a jam session back in, in Charlo on the beach at a cottage. And we just had some really special nights, him and I. And I think that meeting each other helped both of us mutually because in one way, me coming from where I came from and him from where he came from, we were almost just what we each other needed. Because I was like that fire of passion that was just, just needed the right sort of motivation or help to get going. And he was like not unsure where he was. And the next thing you know, we started working on things. And then he gets a call and it's this huge Quebec rock band, La Chicane, who are calling him to be a part of it. And now he's off living the life, playing in that band, and also working on his solo project, which I might be writing some songs for him. For. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for him, and things have been really exciting for me and the band as well, so I He's couldn't be more happy. Castles. He's been busy. We've been busy, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. And for those listening, um, just like a very quick um, disclaimer, Max and I, we've been working together for, I don't know, like three or four months on uh, just a couple different... Um, Things in regards to, you know, the EP and the mm -hmm. single and just working with um, the fantastic people at Music New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. um, so we love when people make strategic partnerships that actually end up making really cool things. So, yeah, thanks, Music New Brunswick, for matching that up. Appreciate it. Yes, that. 
I have so much thanks to give music New Brunswick, honestly, because, you know, arriving in New Brunswick from Nova Scotia, I went through this like identity crisis where everyone's like, you're not from here, but mm. your whole family's from here. And I was like, I know, I feel like I'm from here, but I'm not from here. Anyways, and the support that Music New Brunswick's been giving me really just makes me feel so at home and so supported here in New Brunswick. The fact that I met you, Kate, is the reason I'm here and the reason that, you know, we were able to, to put together the awesome release plan that we have. And it's just more and more doors are opening. And I it's not because I'm just sitting here and I'm lucky. Like, I swear to God, I bust in my you-know-what every day trying to make this happen. If you're not and, following him on social, you're doing yourself a discredit because it's one of the best accounts on social media oh, around. Wow. Yeah, it'll give you a laugh every day, every day that he posts. It's fantastic. He yeah. brings you along for the ride. Now, hey, I might have had some strategic advice and being like, keep doing that because I personally enjoy it. But yeah, if you're not following Max on social, definitely do that immediately. Pause this right now. Go do it and then come back. back yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Kate. I really try to just keep it real and keep it fun. Yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed the, the, the sharing of, of artwork on social medias. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of negative connotations, but I think there's a lot of good to it. And I try to use it for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I can inspire other people to use it for good yeah. because it's part of everybody's life nowadays. And it's a part, it's a huge part of this music business. Yeah, and I'll tell you before, before I decided to be, a musician, well, I was on a one-year hiatus from social medias, and I was living this sort of like a little bit free spirit, post-grad, like this is the best year of my life sort of high, mm. and that's when I, I met somebody who was another high that I had a blast with, and then it just ended terribly for me and for us in a way. And that's why I wrote the song ever coming back. It was a big experience. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, ever coming back is about a, a breakup I had. And I know there's a million breakup songs, so I won't be offended if you don't listen to it, but I mean, you should check out the music video. At least it's pretty Beautiful. entertaining. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that song, it, it helped me get so much emotion off of my plate and it set me free in it wasn't the first single I put out this year because I really wanted to make sure that it was right when it came out and it got the attention, well, not the attention, but like just the delivery that it deserves. And um, I was thankful to get some help from using New Brunswick to fund a music video. My good buddy Dan Celeste at D Studios is a super fun dude to work with. And shout out to Abby, uh, Precious Abigail the Dam for the music video actress. Yeah, so good. We'll put she that was, in the we literally took those takes in like one take. It was so cold out and we were just like, okay, let's, let's do it. And the emotions were good. And yeah, I mean, it's, all you it's, can ask it's for. only my second music video too. Yeah. And it's only my first acting appearance, I think. So yeah, but I enjoyed it. I really loved the making of the music video. For those of you who don't know what goes into making of a music video. Well, it takes a lot of takes a lot of visualization. I hope I'm not talking too much. Not no, this no. is what it's about. And People it's, think no, we talk right. too much, so <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, as the songwriter who experienced 
the events that led to the song, I, f- I felt it quite easy to sort of tell the story, but not only of the breakup, but how that breakup led to the formation of the band, us finally being able to perform together and recording together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the music video did a good job of sort of quickly telling that story of how, you know, it went from the breakup to writing the song to being in the studio to performing it live, which was a super fun thing to do. We just invited a bunch of friends out to this little art gallery and we set it up like a, a show venue and offered some free snacks and whatnot. And people were super into it. Oh, like it was so fun. And we even were on TV. We were on uh, TVA, yeah, which is like awesome. a French. Yeah. They came and did an interview with us and, and I'm I'm trying to support as many local businesses as possible. So like we went to a local art gallery, the owner I know, and like I get my merchandise done by local people as well. And all the musicians on the on the EP are either from or currently living in New Brunswick. So it's like almost 100% New Brunswick made. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious what it was like for you because you know this is a very personal song um, about you know about a breakup and of course you'll be playing the song it's your single like of course around but what was it what was the experience like I guess putting together a music video and having to find a way to illustrate that story and to I guess uh, emotionally like how how do you approach something like that like was it hard or was it just like you know okay like this well, is the way, yeah no. like it's it's definitely a very vulnerable subject and thing to just openly put out there and i'm i'm pretty pretty open as it goes like i don't really get too shy i'm i'm a very social person um i love being in front of audiences and making sure they're having fun um so for me to put myself out there it was sort of like an all in sort of decision. Like I was like, I wrote the song. It helped me so much and it means this much to me. I'm, I'm going to do the music video and I'm going to tell the story no matter how hard it might be or how awkward it might be for certain people to watch it after the facts. I, I, I didn't mean any harm in the making of this music video either. And I, since this breakup guys it's been like two years i've made up with this this person in my life that was a significant person you know she helped me see what i was made of she really encouraged me in music and even though she hurt me she brought me a lot of good and i i choose to see the good in people because if you choose to see the bad it it gets dark you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i was living a nightmare for a long time and eventually I had to forgive in order to move on, you know? Right. So, so I had, I made the music video long after I had forgiven and made up. And, um, and even before it came out, I saw my ex in the gym and I, I asked her like, you know, what do you think of the song? Even though she, I knew she had already heard it. And then she was, she was nervous about the music video because she knew it was coming. And I, I warned her, I told her about what it, what I did in the music video. And I told her I overdramatized it because it's a music video. Like the real way we broke up, it was the exact same location in the music video for all the fans. 
wanted to know. We need to know the tea. Yes. It's, it's a beautiful place for a breakup. And honestly, the way it went down, it was a lot longer of a conversation than the music video made it out to be. And uh, it was a lot less like, ah, oh, like in the music video, I did this big burnout in my truck and took off, like really upset. But in real life, like I sat there and I talked to her and like I let her explain herself, even though it was super hard to hear. I knew I needed to hear it or else, you know, I would just never be able to move on. Anyways, just sometimes you just got to do things the hard way. And that's always been the way I've learned. It's like, oh, Frank, I always seem to learn things the hard way. Well, sometimes you just do it the hard way from the get-go and you just get it over with. Yeah. Can relate. <laughs> I think we, I think we've all had situations, you know, whether it be a breakup or with work or relationships. And I think, and that's one of the things that we admire so much about, you know, artists in general, but of course, musical singer songwriters like yourself, it's the uh, being able to put your, you know, emotions on your sleeve and, you know, write a song and, you know, share that story through even visually through a music video. And though I can only imagine how vulnerable that that is, or like, you know, you'd be worried, like you're worried what your, you know, your ex is thinking it's, you know, it, it like breakup songs in particular, like lost love are so universal. Like some of the best songs of all time throughout like centuries are about like breakups and lost love. So it's sort of, you know, carrying on a tradition, right? And it's it's those songs that are real and are tied into truth that kind of are the ones that resonate, right? Yeah, I think that everybody's been through something similar. And uh, it's just sometimes, you know, it, maybe it has been done a million times, a breakup song, but sometimes people just need a, a reminder mm. that you're not the only one going through that. Like, I've been through it. Trust me, it sucks. But the message that I'm trying to portray is you're going to get through that. You're going to come out on top. If you play, you know, if you stay true to yourself and just believe that, you know, it wasn't meant to be, just move on. Yeah. And I, really the main message that I try to portray in my music is just follow your freaking dream, man. Like this life is short. I've lost friends already and like i just i just want to get these songs out before i can't and i just hope that what i'm doing will inspire one or two people maybe three if i'm lucky or more and um the the message is like hope you know just just stay positive because it's hard and most of my songs are all like from a negative place but there is always a silver lining of hope and positivity Mm-hmm. There's yeah, always a silver true. lining. Yeah. And so when we talk about inspirations, could you talk to us a little bit about what some of your inspirations or influences for music have been? Yeah, for sure. Like I remember growing up and my parents had like the, one of those big CD stacks. Oh yeah. And I, I went through a lot of those CDs and, you know, I was dancing before I could walk apparently. And I would dance in front of my grandfather playing guitar. Don't even remember. But um, a lot of my musical influences like early on was classic rock, like ACDC, Guns N' Roses, that kind of stuff. And then when I got more into my teens, I started even getting into like heavy metal, screamo. That didn't last too long. And then I got into uh, 
a band and they were doing like Headley and Matchbox 20. And I wasn't singing at the time. I was just a, a rhythm guitarist. And we had a few originals. They had written a few songs and that was super cool to me. And I had some like notes at home, but I'd never actually like finished a song. So then I joined this, this band and it was like the most exciting thing for a 14, 15 year old. Next thing you know, we're playing at Alderney Landing in Dartmouth for like this battle of the bands. We finish our set and we're going through like backstage and Matt Mays just so happens to be walking by and he's like, guys, that was awesome. You like just keep rocking or something like that. And I didn't even know who Matt, wait, Matt, Matt, maybe Matt Mays was at that point. And then the guys were like, no way that's Matt. And then we watched the show from the front row. Like we were there early. So we got the, the front row on the gate and we watched Matt Mays and Adam Baldwin and all his buddies rock out on that stage. And it was the most memorable concert of my life. And ever since that night, I've been a huge Matt Mays fan. Yeah. Um, so he, Matt was a big inspiration of mine. Adam too. Adam's from Fall River where I grew up. And I didn't know that until recently. That's a um, small world. But like Tom Petty, some country as well, like Travis Tritt and Johnny Cash were often playing at home. Um, what else do I got? Modern stuff like Chris Stapleton has been one of my favorite songwriters for the last little bit and voices like the guy's just got an amazing voice. And uh, lately I've started to be getting into like trying to find where I fit into the music scene and listening to like what people are telling me I sound like. And a lot of people tell me I sound like Bon Jovi, but I don't get it. Um, A lot of people tell me I sound like uh, the new artists on the country scene, like Bailey Zimmerman or, Warren Zeters, um, those kind of guys. Yeah. I like their stuff big time. And like, I listen to it for inspiration because since I got the band going, I'm looking for more, more band focused writing. Cause a lot of my stuff before was singer songwriter and I've got, you know, I've got this book of songs written. A good amount of them are never seen the light of day because I'm writing new ones to fit the band. And most of the songs on this EP that are coming out have been written for a few years and they just finally need to see the light of day. And the reason I'm only doing six songs is because I'm still working full time. That's fair. And yeah. it's tough. Like, yeah. and it's, it's with the help of my friends that I'm able to do it too, because when I was going to university, I didn't have time to learn about, equipment and recording processes and stuff i was just picking up the guitar and writing whatever was on my mind yeah that's fair yeah so so to come and like to finally be seen as like a songwriter from people in the industry that are that i look up to it's just like holy crap i think i made it you know what i mean like made a baby yay It's a feeling that's always evolving, you know, as a musician, because to like to make it is is a sort of a, a ladder that you climb. You yeah, know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Because once you make it to that tier of the ladder, well, you always want to go higher. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, just to just to be able to be on this podcast with you guys and talk about my music makes me feel like I'm finally an artist worth listening to. 
So thank you, guys. Oh, shucks. <laughs> See, I told you, isn't he just such a sweetheart? Such a sweetheart. Such a sweetie. Uh, well, well, tell us, you. tell us a little bit more about like what's coming up, like mm-hmm. you know, like the the past little tour that you've been on. Like, give people a sense of you know what the experience of coming to a show if they haven't been out to one yet, because now they're going to be on your socials and they're going to be seeing a little bit of the the party times <laughs> and then they're going to hear some like the new single and it's going to be like, okay, so you can kind of have like a mix of like super fun and then like, you know, really good, like, you know, dramatic songs, but like, you know, what, what's coming up? What can people expect? Well, coming up, we're, we've got some pretty, pretty well, our biggest festival appearances so far, like start from, for a band that's only been together for a year. Last year we played, two festivals i think and they were just local festivals and this year we've got it's looking like seven or eight or something like that and it's gonna be like the headliner for our local uh salmon festival here in camelton july 1st and i've got jamak couture coming to sing with us and perform oh, that that's night. so awesome good for you guys yeah that's, it's gonna be a fun circle. night and then um we're gonna be off on a little bit of a tour we're going to the acadian peninsula we're going to be playing at Traffic in Chipagan and this Club Célibat in uh, Tracadie. We're going to be playing in Quebec again at the Chateau Baya, which is a super fun venue. It's literally a castle in the woods. It's so cool. And they're they're doing events there, and it's it's been a blast. We played last week or this past weekend with one of the most legendary harmonica players, Jim Zeller. I can't say if he's like the most legendary in the world or in Canada, but like becomes highly proclaimed. And um, he was a blast. He loved our stuff, and he offered to even play harmonica on any of my songs if ever I wanted to. Take so. him up on it. Let yeah, it for in. sure. Yeah, I've already got the song picked. It's there you uh, go. just recently I started writing in French. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, it's funny you asked me. It's almost like every time we're on a podcast, it turns into a business chat. So Paul Milner, who I've introduced you to, we were chatting today at his studio, and he was saying it's interesting that you know he he does French and he works with French musicians because that's something that he wants to talk to you a lot more about. So it's nice. yes. So just so that I don't forget, and it's not an extra email, we're making all the strategic partnerships a reality here at Strange Groups, guys. Thanks. Yes. Well, you know, like it's so it's so cool to be able to speak two languages and I've I have not taken that for granted in life. I think it's definitely a, a gift. And the fact that I can sing and play and write songs, I'm like, well, I should be able to do it in French if I can do it in English. Right. So finally one night I sat down at the kitchen table and pulled out the guitar and I wrote a song and then dang it felt great. And then I wrote a say another song the same night. So I got two French songs and uh, I performed them live for the first time and the crowds have been loving them. That's great. That's um, One of them tells the story about where I'm from. Like it's called d'ici ou de là-bas. And it's about that, you know, where are you from? Cause any, whenever anybody asks me, it's like, well, true. I yeah. Come, I come from Nova Scotia. I grew up there, but my family's from Northern New Brunswick. And now I live here. So like, where am I from? You know? It's true. Yeah. It's a universal question. And the song, the song is like a wicked rock and blues tune. 
And it's just like from here to there, I don't know. But for here, I'm digging it. So I'm just going to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's that's awesome. It's so yeah, cool absolutely. that you're incorporating, you know, both French and English, because we've had this conversation on the show before, like with our friends like Mess and uh, Maud Saunier. Um, and, you know, it's there's so much good music up in, you know, northern New Brunswick and in, in, in Francophone, but there's not it doesn't intertwine as much with, you know, Anglophone music, particularly like in St. John. Right. True. That's historically been so, you know, yeah, English. So it's. I think it's. Anytime that someone kind of intertwines those or incorporates both and kind of shows like, hey, like, we're all awesome and we're all great. And you might not, you know, it's all about the music, right, that connects. You might not understand the lyrics, but you know that they're good (laughs) and you know that the music makes you move, right? So, yes. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, um, it's as, as French in New Brunswick is sort of having a struggle as a language. You know, I want to do my part to, to use it as much as I can. And I've been working with more French musicians than English musicians, really like Emily Landry. She's killing it. Um, Jean-Marc Couture, Pat Dugas. These are all amazing local musicians. And uh, like, I'm starting to get to know some, some of the musicians in the Acadian scene as well. And that's super exciting to me because I look up to them in terms of French music inspirations. Like, I, I tend to look closer by for my inspirations for some reason. I don't know. Um, I just see it as maybe more attainable Yeah. To, to maybe reach out to them and learn and maybe someday perform with them. You know, just like, you know, if you were to, I know the record question's coming in and I'm ready for it. So <laughs> whenever you guys are ready to lay it on me. That's so funny. That's so funny. I was going to lead right into that next because I know we're, we want to be conscious of your time. No, it's cool. And, I'm, I've got so much time for you guys. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> you were uh, stranded somewhere, Desert Island. Um, I just use Desert Island. Uh, but you can only bring three records with you. Somehow there's a record player there. Mm-hmm. What are those records and why? All right. So since I've been listening to your podcast, I knew this question was coming. Really and it's still a hard question. It and is, I'm yes. sure this will change if ever I'm back on this podcast. But I've got to give Coyote by Matt Mays one of my votes because it's one of my favorite listen through albums. And I've I've covered Queen of Portland Street like a thousand and one times at least. Nice. Yeah. And Matt still is one of my inspirations. I love what he does. I love all the music he makes. Um, my second would be Down the Road I Go by Travis Tritt. Okay. I select that one because it's one of those albums that when I was a kid, I used to dance to. You know what I mean? And my parents loved it. And I've loved it. And I still play some of those songs to this day. Like um, modern day Bonnie and Clyde. Have you guys heard that song? You don't have to talk to me about Travis Trick. Okay. I love yeah. Travis okay, Trick. Cool. So. Okay, it's um, yeah. And I, I think I subconsciously, yeah. like I had forgotten about that song for years and I wrote my song Highway Robbery and I literally referenced Bonnie and Clyde in that song. And it was only after I wrote the song that I realized, holy shit, I love that Travis Tritt song that yeah. mentions that. 
swear, Travis, I wasn't ripping you off, man. <laughs> he's, just like, he comes for you. Yeah. he's like, you know what? Well, Things have been rough the past few months. I had yeah. a scandal. I need some cash. I need people to put me back in the good line. Let's go. I mean, any publicity is good publicity, right? right. Well, <laughs> sort of. Just kidding. Just kidding. I know. Sort of. Um, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not looking for any bad publicity. Travis, I love you, man. Okay. Um, also, like, you know, I want to have a little bit of a variety. So I got a country album. Matt's got like this epic rock, but also little bits of psychedelic yep. mm-hmm. beauty in there. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, I was listening to that album on the way back home earlier, and I was like, "Man, Indio!" I know. First, <laughs> I'm just literally seeing myself on that desert island, like I'm the king of this island, beating on my chest and starting my day, and just feeling free. Like, obviously, it'd be tough, and eventually, you would have to develop routines before you could get to beating on your chest and right, whatever. Right. But, but I think that that song, that, that song and that album would just yeah. be a great hit on any desert Island. Yeah. No. Fair. That's fair. And for the third one, I was having a hard time. Um, I decided to go with um, Credence Clearwater Revival at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, a live album. It's a live album and it was recorded in London uk 1970 and it's a recent discovery of mine because everybody in new brunswick seems to love ccr and like i've loved ccr since i was a kid and didn't even realize it and i just found this album with all sorts of their best songs live and i was thinking to myself that would be a fun nostalgic song that would bring me back to my roots i mean all of these would in a way but the live version would also be like, okay, I'm pretending like I'm at a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what happened to me with the Doobie Brothers like over a decade ago. I was like, I think I found their live at the Greek and now I like, I watch it probably yeah. once a month and I love the Doobie Brothers because of that live show. And I was like, I actually know all of their songs. Yeah. And now we're going to go see them on yeah. in October floor tickets because we're crazy like that. And we, have, and we have sound check tickets. As well. No way. Yeah. Cool. So I'm hoping to see Michael McDonald. You know, some of the best, like some, there's some really good live albums that oh are like, God, I would yeah. like on their own are just like yeah. super, like I prefer them perhaps over yeah, some of their true. others of that they yeah. put out. So that's awesome. That's true. Mm-hmm. Love I, those. I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I can't really say this, but I was like, I wonder, is it egotistical to be like, I'm going to bring my album and when I die, I'll die without my chest. Be like, at least if they find me, well, they'll find something. That's true. To listen right? to. It's not really strategic, right? <laughs> the next strange grooves guest that ends up on the desert island will have yeah, their exactly. album there. They're like, you what get three is albums this? plus the album They're of like, the last artist that died there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Oh. Well, it's been so great to to chat with you. Um, before we go, we need to know where can people find you, listen to you? Um, when can we listen to the new EP? What's up? Yes. Tell us okay. everything. So you guys can find me on Instagram. It's probably my most active site. It's just at Max Bujold, M-A-X-B-U-J-O-L-D. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Max Bujold Music. Uh, TikTok, same thing, but oh, and YouTube. I just made a YouTube account since now I have music videos. I need to have YouTube. That's right. Um, That's right. Max Peugeot Music as well. And we're working and on some dates. 
Ooh, yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. I want to come to St. Yes, John's. Yes, we want them in you guys SJ. in person. Yeah. Yes, that'll be fun. Bring the band. Yeah. That would be a super fun time. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking to expand across New Brunswick more and more. Um, yeah. We are we are reaching new venues all the time, and it's super exciting. It's great to meet new people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're gonna be touring quite a bit this summer. Uh, if you guys want to follow along, just check out our page. We'll definitely be posting dates on there um and the ep is coming out september 29th is my tentative date is hoping strange goes well. exclusive yes yeah max be on the milestones the gamble if you guys needed a refresher on the name um it's gonna be some of my my favorite songs and it's a, it's a it's like a variety of songs i didn't want to cast myself into one genre yeah. I thought, okay, my EP is going to be like a taster platter of what I I have to offer sort of deal. So there's going to be some some a fun taster platter. I like that. Yeah, like there's there's some that are like really heavy rock, there's some that are you know country, country rock, and then there's there's one that's like there's not even a chorus and it's just like there's even some synth bass and some cool stuff going on that just make you vibe out and really think about the lyrics. Um, and it's all coming out in the fall. It's my first album, and I'm so happy and proud to say that we're, we're doing it. We're doing this Yay. thing. Thank you. We're so proud of you. We, I'm so stoked. We're, we're looking at dropping another single and music video before then as well, oh. so keep an eye out for that. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun with this music video. I'm going, I'm gonna, going full comedy side with this one. Okay. The last two have been a bit serious, and I, I don't want people to take me too seriously. Yeah, that's a, if they're watching your socials, I don't know. If yeah, let me like. Very cool. Amazing. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on our show for real. I know, like you and I chat, and we do a lot of the work on the on the side, but being on our show it means a lot to us. So thank you. You guys, it's an honor. You guys don't realize we that do. This gives, you do. You freaking better We're because. Just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> You guys give so many artists a voice oh. where they where they can't speak. You know what I mean? We're heard on so many different platforms because of you guys, and it means the world to us all. I will speak on behalf of all the musicians and artists that have come before me oh. and that will come after. We appreciate that. Uh, We're just trying to you know trying to help everybody help themselves really, and it helps yeah. us. It's a good outlet for our mental health as well, and yeah. keeps us connected to people doing cool shit. So that's that's our kind of way of giving back to the industry as well. And while selfishly being able to do something cool for ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. And I have to say, like, I learn something every time I listen to you guys' podcast too. Oh. And I'm sure that everybody else also learns a lot. So like, thanks for the, thanks for the lessons. Thanks for the real friggin'. Anytime. Be on like it literally feels like I'm chilling with you guys more on than the welcome. podcast sometimes. I'm just driving in my car or something. So, oh, well, and if you're love. ever into being on the Phil Collins segment, we will call you. Yeah. You can call in anytime. Oh. Come back anytime. Yes. If you will allow Phil that. Collins section. Yeah. <laughs> we have a Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. <laughs> I get it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so gullible. You guys, you don't even know. I love okay. it. It is Yay. <laughs> Well, because sometimes we love when people call into the to the segment, or we'll call them, and it's just mm -hmm. like a fun little like maybe you're out getting groceries, maybe you're at the gym, and we'll just call you. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? And like no, it's, it's love day, right? <laughs> 
You've got my number. You can call me anytime. Amazing. Like, you give me, you like, heard it here, guys. You can call me, baby. Right? You can call me anytime. You need to call me. Love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much. That was terrible, but. Uh, it was great, was actually. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, well thank you everyone for for listening and until next time keep thanks it, everybody keep, keep it strange <laughs> wrong sound effect there we go <laughs> shooby dooby 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 thank you guys so much for listening to that episode with max we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did you know when you talk to people like that it really brings you back to why you do the things that you do and like you said the gamble really is about trying to either bet on something safe or you know risking it and kind of seeing what you're made out of and you know Sharice and I we both I think we said that to ourselves about six years ago when we mm-hmm. decided to push record on our zoom recorder and you know we wouldn't be able to be doing the show without you know the help and support of our, you know, show patrons, our producers, you know, the love and support of our friends and family and to all of our our show sponsors. And we just want to take a quick second to give a shout out to all those uh, people um, who really help make the show right now what it is possible. So a big, big thank you to Matt Letson, aka Cousin Matthew, Michael Hawkins, aka DJ Hawk, Colin Walshoots, our OG supporter. We love you. James Mullinger, Corey McGill of McGill's. We love you. If you're looking for any shows, private parties, uh, good happy hour, good happy hour, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to check out McGill's. Uh, Chuck Healy, Mary Roach, Glenn Hicks at U Station. If you're looking for some remote co-working space, a really great printer, beautiful views, delicious coffee, Mm -hmm. just phenomenal air conditioning. U Station has got you. And Brent Harris of the St. John Tool Library, if you're in St. John and you need a a tool or some help constructing, handiwork, all that, the St. John Tool Library is the place to go. Brennan Parker. Jennifer Irving. Greg Hemmings. John Adam Ying. Dee Dee Keel. Kate McKenzie. (laughs) And our latest subscriber and Patreon supporter, Charles Harding. Thank you so much. We super, super appreciate it. Also, we, um, you know, we have a lot of opportunity for people to become um, part of the show. Um, I think it's, you know, really great when people can help support in any way. So not even just through money, but even just through, you know, shares or whichever. But you can get involved in our show for as little as two bucks a month or however many times that you want to pledge it to us. Um, And if you have some unique business opportunity, get in touch. We do still have some bandwidth for 2023. Oh, we sure do. Hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.